Thank you for joining us at Luminous Church. And this morning, we hope that you see Jesus clearly. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Yes, yes. Can you shake your neighbor? It's summer. And so if you don't have a neighbor, just act like there's one there and shake them and then get them all jazzed up and excited for church this morning. We are so glad that you are here. It is definitely summer and we are filling it, our guest tent, poor guest tent. We love our guest tent because they serve and it was actually hot in the guest tent today. And so, so if you're a guest, thank you for stopping there in the heat. And if you weren't the guest tent, Thank you for working that. We are so glad that you're here with Luminous Church this morning. Excited about this morning and this summer. We are starting a new series called Disciple. Be one, make one. Everybody tell their neighbor, be one, make one. I'm going to need a lot of audience participation today because without you, I will get bored up here. And so I need you with me. Can we preach to one another this morning? I think it'll be so fun on what God's going to do. Over the next eight weeks, we're going to be in this series. I think this is, could be one of the most important series that we do as a church. I really believe that. It's my heart. It's our DNA. And it's really what we want to accomplish. That being said, if you are a follower of Jesus in this room, if you say, I'm a follower of Jesus, I want you to raise your hand. I want you to raise your hand. If you're a follower of Jesus, okay, you can put your hand down. That's awesome. This message and this series is for you. And if you are not a follower of Jesus and you're just checking him out, you're exploring about what this life in Christ would look like, well, over the next eight weeks, you get to be a spectator. And I think it's going to be a great for you, a great opportunity for you, because you're going to get to hear about what our mission is as the church. You're going to begin to observe that, and you're going to begin to um, challenge us by seeing if we live this message or not. I'm talking to you this morning. Okay, what I want you to do is I want you to find a partner. Now, you may need a move. You may need to move in this theater, but I need you to find a partner. I need you to go sit by somebody. And so everybody do that. If you need to move, go find a partner. I need everybody in this room to find a partner. Everybody needs to be together on this. This is very important. And by partner, I don't mean, you know, some single guy, some single girl hooking up and going to get lunch afterwards. Now, if that were to happen in this moment, that would be awesome as, that would be awesome as well. And we would not frown upon that. Anyway, as you find your partner and you find the person that you're going to play with, we're going to play a game. We're going to play a game. Who likes games? Some of us hate games. My wife, my wife does not like games very well. Man, I told this, um, this the other day to a couple of people who just got engaged in our church. I said, at the first few months when we got married, we, we were bored and we were just sitting in the living room. And, and I was like, what do you want to do? She goes, I don't know. What do you want to do? I go, let's play a game. She goes, yeah, let's play a game. So we, we go and we get these cards. And then I go, okay, here it is. Let's play a game. Okay, what game do you want to play? I said, I don't know any games. What game do you want to play? She said, I don't know any games. And then we got in a fight because we didn't know any games. Welcome to the first year of marriage. It was awesome. We haven't played any games since. So little did I know you could just Google a game. But uh we didn't have that insight at that moment. Anyway, so the game is this. 
There's a bunch of businesses out in the world in the marketplace, and businesses have a brand, and, and that brand is a name, and that brand represents what they do business for. And so in one word, I want you to describe what is their business when I say the name of the brand. So I'm going to say the name of the brand, and you're going to say what their business is in one word. And the first one who wins out of your, out of your group right there just... You win. You get the satisfaction of winning. It's awesome. Okay, so when you hear the word Starbucks. Okay, play with your partner, not with me. Okay. Okay, that was good. Man, that was awesome. Okay, when you hear the word Rolex. Okay, who won? Who won? That's awesome. That's awesome. Tyler's losing over here. Okay, when you hear the word Mercedes. <laughs> Money. All right. When you hear the word Spurs, champions, baby. The only team in the NBA. Okay, when you hear the word church, so fun, so fun. Okay, who won the most? Who won the most out of your, out of your partner? Okay, awesome. You can just stay with your partner for the rest of the rest of the day. I think it'll be really important for you. We'll try to give some more interaction for you in just a moment. When you hear the word church, oftentimes we don't know necessarily what the one word is. I heard, I heard some of you say maybe the one word was Jesus. Maybe somebody said something else, theater. Maybe you said luminous, bonus. I don't know what you said. But when we hear the word church, there should be one word that we hear, and it's disciples. Disciples. It's our business and what Jesus commanded us to do. It's the one thing that we should be doing. You see, Jesus builds the church. Jesus builds the church. In Matthew 16, 18, it says this. I also say to you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overpower it. Jesus's job and mission is to build the church. If we were to say Jesus, what would his business be? It would be church. That's what he's doing. He's saving people. He's doing things that only he can do. You and I won't be able to do the things that he does. And our job and our mission is disciples, is to make disciples. And when we say, hey, Jesus, I'll build your church, and you make disciples, then we're getting it wrong. Jesus left the earth so that you and I can make disciples. You and I can make disciples. He's not going to pick it up for us. He's called you to make disciples. And he's going to build his church. Out of these disciples, he's going to bring them together in amazing unity. He's going to call them out. He's going to save them. He's going to transform them. There's going to be love that happens. The bride will, will be built up. So many things. So what do we do? We make disciples. Matthew 28, 19. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Disciples of all nations. Jesus didn't save you so that you could enjoy TV better. Jesus didn't save you so you could sit on your couch at home and just rest 
for the rest of your life, knowing that, the, that your eternal dwelling place is secured. And so go on and do whatever you want to do. Jesus didn't, didn't do that. Jesus has called us to make disciples. So there's one question that I want to ask you today. The one question is this. What am I doing to fulfill Jesus' command? And I will say this. Those who raised their hand who said they're followers of Jesus, I'm only talking to you. Those who raised their hand and said, I'm following Jesus. I want, I want to be a Jesus follower. I would, I would implore you that if you've never asked that question and you've never been serious about that question, I would say you're probably not serious about your faith. If you've never asked this question, what is it that Jesus requires of me? What is his command? In Matthew 4.19, Jesus talks to his disciples and he goes up to two men and he says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. I'm, I love Jarrett Gallardo. Next week, Jarrett Gallardo is bringing the word. It's going to be awesome. And he's actually going to expound on this verse. So I'm not going to do too much expounding. I'm just going to set it up for you. Discipleship, from what we find in this verse, is a relationship at three levels. It's relationship with himself, you and him. It's relationship with you and others. And it's relationship with you and the lost. There's three levels of relationship that happen in discipleship. And you can't separate them. And so that being said, that the discipleship is relationship with God, relationship with others, and relationship with the lost. If that's discipleship, then what I want you to do is I want you to tell your neighbor what I just told you. What is discipleship? Go tell your neighbor that. Pretty simple. Pretty simple. So what we have done... What we have done in the church is complex things. We, we, we do it. We do it all the time, but it's really simple. It's really, really simple. I have a friend who makes chocolate chip cookies. In eighth grade, she was like my best friend. She was awesome. She wasn't my best friend because she was cool. She was my best friend because she made chocolate chip cookies. That was the way to my heart. I love cookies. And, and I just would tell her, this, these cookies are amazing. I love these cookies. What are in these cookies? And she said, I can't tell you. It's a secret. And y'all have any secret recipes? Any secret recipes? She said, I can't tell you. Well, I begged her and I begged her and I begged her. And finally, I think about senior year of high school, she told me what was in her chocolate chip cookies. It was real Mexican vanilla and not just fake vanilla extract. Real Mexican vanilla. I go, what? That's it? That's it. That's all it is, real Mexican vanilla. I just have to buy different vanilla and my cookies taste like your cookies. Yes, that's it. It took me four years to understand this, four years to find out what that is. It's Really simple. Have you ever done that, tasted something, and you're wondering how complex it is to make that, but then you find out it's just really simple? It's not that hard to make. A lot of bakers in here, we have a lot of bakers bake for us on Sunday mornings. Some of those, those bakers have weeded out all their complex recipes because they realize they got to bake for 100 people. So they're baking really simple, and it's still awesome. It's still good. And so I appreciate you baking for us. I have, a, I have a problem. It's a complex. I want to make everything complicated. Everything. 
I mean, if I wash my car one way, the next week I'm going to wash it differently. If I, if I set my, my watch in one place in the house, the next night I want to set it somewhere else. I, I just have a complex. It's something that I do. I, I ideate. I, I, I dream. I'm creative. I want to do things. I want to keep doing things even more and more difficult ways of doing things or maybe different ways. Anybody like that in here? Finding new ways to do things. Man, I do it all the time. All the time. And I think for me, it's because I feel like it's not authentic. Like if, if I'm doing something over and over the same way, then it's just not really real. And so maybe if I do it differently, then, then it means more. But it's not the action that is unauthentic. It's the attitude behind the action. And that's very important for us in discipleship. That discipleship will be a process of, of, of going and doing the same thing over and over again, and yet we want to complex it. And as disciples, we, we constantly want to complex things. And we don't need to stop the action. We need to stop and change our hearts. Everything must lead in and out of discipleship. Everything. And the heart of discipleship, I love it. I'm a passionate person as well. Any passionate people in here? It's like, I like to go fast. Ricky Bobby, any Ricky Bobby fans? Like, if it ain't fast, it's slow. And so I love to go fast. I love to go fast in everything. I love to go fast in my car. In fact, when I go golfing, I love to get the golf cart, and I love to go as fast as I can until you hit the governor. And when you hit the governor, it just, like, stops you. It idles you. And, and I do this in cars. I remember one time Tyler took me in his mom's BMW. It was incredible. And, and we, just, we just maxed it out. It was awesome. Remember that? That was so fun. <laughs> yeah, glad she's not here right now. I think you were, like, 15, maybe, maybe older than that. So here's the thing, man, is, is we like to go fast. We like to go fast. We love to go fast. And I'm passionate. I love to go fast. I love to go fast in everything I do. And I love to go fast in church. And I love to go fast in discipleship. And I love to go fast in whatever I do. And what I find out is there's a governor in life. There's a governor in life. And if you run too fast and too hard, that governor will hit and you'll idle back down and you'll go at a, you'll go at a slower pace. And what God is really wanting for us, I believe as a church, is to go at a healthy pace in whatever we do. It's why when you serve at Luminous Church, we ask you to serve two times a month and no more than that because we don't want you to hit that governor and we don't want you to burn out. We want you, we want you to go at a pace that's sustainable, that's going at a steady pace that you can maintain for a very long time. The health of you and me is very important in what we do here. But you never outgrow being a disciple. It's a lifelong journey. Discipleship and being a disciple is a lifelong journey. And if it's a lifelong journey, then we need to be at a healthy pace. There's a lot of wrong disciple definitions out there. I grew up under some of these, not because of my parents, just because it's humanity. Our definition of being a disciple. We grew up at different levels of discipleship, and some of those levels were I have to know more. Did any of you grow up with that where I have to know more? I have to read more. It's, can I, can I gain more knowledge? Can I, can I gain more about Jesus? It's when you first give your life to Jesus and, and you think the relationship starts with the more that you know about him versus knowing him. 
And we'll do this. And, and as we get saved, and, and for 50 years, you can go and you can study and you can read and you can gain more and more. But I don't think that's the right definition. Maybe you grew up where it's all about spiritual gifts. That you aren't a disciple unless you're all about spiritual gifts. If you can prophesy better than anybody, and if you, if you speak in a heavenly tongue, and if you don't speak in a heavenly tongue, well, then you're not really a disciple. And what about this gift? If, if you're a teacher, if you're a teacher, don't, don't, doesn't everybody want the spiritual gift of teaching? Because, because Jesus says, go therefore and make disciples and teach them all that I commanded you. Well, I don't have the gift of teaching. So I guess I'm not a disciple. So that falls short. Or more, maybe you grew up where the definition of disciple was morality. Morality. And so, so you go on about life, and every time, every time something bad would happen, you would hear a buzzer. <clears throat> and, and, and then you would, you would cuss, and then, <clears throat> and, and you would hear that over and over again. <clears throat> Don't do that. <clears throat> Don't do that. <clears throat> and you would hear this buzzer that would go and go and go and go. And so then you begin to modify yourself where you hear the buzzer less and less. And every once in a while, maybe, maybe it's once a week. <clears throat> Maybe it's just a couple times a year. <clears throat> maybe, maybe it's just that. Maybe it's not that much. And, and, and when you realize that, man, man, I'm, I'm actually doing pretty good. I'm a pretty good disciple. I'm not, I'm not doing as many bad things. And, and so I think I'm going to pick up the buzzer. And, and so when you see your friend go and have a drink, you're like, <clears throat> shouldn't do that. You, you hear your friend cuss, <clears throat> don't cuss. You hear all these things where it's, it's this moral code. Some of you went dancing the other night. <clears throat> Skirt suit too short. <clears throat> Didn't go to church enough. <clears throat> and you start buzzing everybody else. And I just want to tell you that this is one of the hardest things to overcome. And I deal with this so much. I've buzzed myself over and over again. And I've buzzed some of you in this room. And some of you in this room, I've actually buzzed, but I will, I will petition to you that I'm just like Paul when he wrote to Timothy in 1 Timothy 1.15. He says, it is a trustworthy statement, deserving full acceptance, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, among whom I am foremost of all. If Paul being one of the greatest sinners, I am right there with him. Or maybe, maybe you grew up where a disciple was somebody who does social justice programs. Where if you, if you don't live in Africa for three months and, and, and live selflessly, you're not truly a disciple. If you haven't drilled one water well in your life, you're not truly a disciple. If you, if you didn't hand the homeless guy money after church, you're not truly a disciple. Or maybe you grew up with church rituals. If you didn't take communion, maybe, maybe you had to take communion to, to be a disciple. Maybe it was confirmation. Maybe it was baptism or whatever it was. Maybe it was your first communion. Maybe it was confirmation. Maybe it was all these things that you grew up in. And if you don't do these things, then you're not a disciple. The thing is, is we could stay really busy with programs and events and do's and don'ts and all these things, but that is not the correct definition to disciple. A disciple is this, one who is growing in relationship with God, 
one who is growing in relationship with others, one who is growing in relationship with non-believers. Ministry is about people and not programs. And if you aren't sitting down face-to-face with someone, I would say that you're missing it. Activity is no substitution for sitting down and building a relationship with someone. And so if we aren't careful, we'll miss the mark. And I would tell you this, everyone who raised their hand is a minister. Everyone. Not just the pastor up here, not just the worship leader, not just the associate. Everyone in here is a minister. That's you and me, and there's no exemptions. And so oftentimes I hear from introverts, can I get a pass? I don't like talking to people. Right? Anybody been like that before? I don't like talking to people. I don't want to talk to people. I don't want to make any relationships. I just want to stay on the couch and watch TV and refresh. No, you don't get a pass. Or or the extreme extrovert. You know, I like making a lot of friends, and I don't like going too deep, and I don't really want to hang out with them too long. I don't want to build a long-term relationship. I just want to say hi and bye and move on. Do I get a pass? No, you don't. We don't get a pass from this. It's, it's what we're supposed to do. Early on, I had a group of guys that I used to hang out with. And we, we had so much fun together. We did all sorts of things together. We experienced life together. And we, we built amazing relationship together. And it was really good. And I love the relationship we, we had together. And it was real deep and real great. And what I would do on Sunday mornings, after we stayed up till 2 in the morning doing things that we shouldn't do, I would wake them up for church, and I would make them to go to church. I would say, hey, come on, guys, we're going to church. This is what it's all about. And I thought that the guy standing up here would end up discipling them, and through the process, they would be forever changed. And actually, that didn't happen at all. Actually, what happened is I dragged them to church, and after dragging them to church for so long, they would see a different bin. They would see a bin inside the church, and they would see a bin outside the church. And the one outside the church is the one they related to. The one inside church is not the one they related to as much. And so what began to happen is I began to make disciples poorly. And I started redefining this and repurposing this. I started saying that, man, a disciple, I'm, I, I'm, I got part two. We were growing closer together, but we weren't growing closer to Jesus. And so if you, if you do one without the other, you're, you may miss a little bit of the disciple, what it is to be a disciple. Think about it is disciples often think also in this relationship that I'm supposed just to make a mini bin because that would be really cool. Right? If, if it just a bunch of mini bins came out. And, and, and what I found was a lot of people were, were trying to act like me, being really loud and outgoing and annoying, but they weren't a loud person. And so it was even more annoying. Like, you know, if you're loud and annoying, you're like, oh, that's just a loud, annoying guy. But if it's the introvert who's loud and annoying, it's like, why are they being loud and annoying? What happened to them? It's not what... It's about Jesus calls the imperfect to make disciples of the perfect, him. And so as as we develop relationships, our whole job and the whole attitude and the whole heartbeat is that we would point people to Jesus. 
And that they would see him so clearly. And that they would begin a relationship. And I would build a relationship with them. And we would form these relationships. Another way to put it, and here's how we put it at Luminous Church, is a disciple is a follower of Jesus. They fish for men. And they're family focused in everything they do. That's what a disciple is. And in June, all we're going to be talking about is relationship. Jared's going to come up and talk about relationship with Jesus. I'm going to come up and talk about relationship with others outside the church. And J-Tom will come up and talk about relationship with those in the church and those you call brothers and sisters in Christ. We're going to talk about relationship. And then in July, we're going to actually talk about our process. Discipleship. So this month, we're going to talk about disciple. It's all we're going to be doing, and we're going to be doing over and over and over again. I hope that you would leave after eight weeks knowing exactly what a disciple is. And for you, a win for you on how you could begin to build a relationship with someone else. I'm excited for what God's going to do through this series. And as the worship team comes up to close us out, I'm excited about what God's going to do and I believe that lives are going to be transformed. You know, it's my tendency over and over and over again. It is my tendency. It is my tendency to skip the process. It is my tendency to skip what a disciple really is. In fact, I'll probably meet with some of you for lunch this week. And I'll start hitting the buzzer. And you may need to speak into my life, hey, man, don't hit the buzzer on me. You know, don't do that. Can we just build a friendship? Can we build a relationship? Over and over again, I, I go to default to what I grew up as. I grew up in right and wrong and all these things. But it's my hope that we would be a people who could disciple one another and be disciples of Jesus. And when people look at us, they would see what kind of disciples we are. And if you would stand with me this morning, and as we make this our cry and our petition, my hope is that you would evaluate this week, that you would evaluate and you would look at yourself in the mirror and you'd be like, man, am I being a disciple? Am I being that? We're going to pray and we're going to close out with a worship song. And I want to talk about this worship song for just a moment. I love this worship song that, that Tyler is singing because he wrote it. And I love the fact that we have a church that writes their own music and begins to integrate in what God is doing specifically for us. And so as we worship, I would encourage you just to sing to Jesus because he's really all that we're asking for. Father, we love you today, God, and we thank you for who you are, Jesus. And we pray, God, that we would have the right definition of a disciple. That we would want Jesus. That we would love our brothers and sisters. And that we love those who don't know you yet. And Jesus, I just pray that you would move us into a place to know your heart. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.
Jesus, we just, we love you, God. Jesus, you're our desire, our hope. Jesus, I just pray that we would see you clearly. Jesus, I thank you that you've given us the tools for the mission. God, that you've given us everything that we need to accomplish your works. And Jesus, I just pray that you would put us in right position. God, our hearts would be centered on you. Jesus, you are all we are asking for. So come have your way. Amen. If you need prayer for anything on the way out today, we're going to have prayer workers right up here. We'd love to pray for you. And we hope that you enjoy the river next week and your summer. We love you. Have a great day.